This is Rough Stuff Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Rough Stuff Podcast number 22. I'm Garrett, Rough Stuff CEO. I've got Zach, our Rough Stuff president with me. Hey. And today our guests are Rough Stuff R&D specialist, Caleb. How's it going? And our sales manager, Ryan. What's up? Hello. So today we wanted to go over uh, Toyota talk, all things Toyota. You guys are fond of Toyotas, have had Toyotas or have them. And we thought it'd be a good opportunity to come and bring you guys in here and just and and chat chat it up. So, um, if you guys want to run through what what Toyotas you have or have had in the past, that'd be that'd be cool. Uh, I got a 1986 Toyota pickup, single cab, was a long bed, bobbed 14 inches out of it, three link in the front, um, ORI struts, and then uh, Chevy 63s in the rear. 37 inch tires pretty pretty basic toyota build sweet standard sop yep <laughs> um and then i just sold my 85 forerunner um last month uh i had it for about 12 years um but had all the goodies in it air lockers dual cases uh exo on it um just ran 35s and you know all chromoly shafts all the good stuff sweet and then so that's been your that's been your crawler since day one right or you, had, you said you had a jeep or something right? yeah i had a jeep for about a year I, I i broke it so often that it never really made it to a trail <laughs> and after a year of that i kind of got rid of it and uh, my brother had a toyota pickup at the time so it kind of talked me into going and getting a first gen forerunner Sweet. and uh, i was very happy with the decision <laughs> why, why do you pick a runner over like a pickup um, it's just my brother had a first gen forerunner at one point when we were in high school and I really liked it. And, uh, yeah, after going from a, you know, a little Jeep Wrangler, I wanted like a little bit bigger of an SUV. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was the, the one to go to Sick. and the removable top. Yeah. <laughs> Full party. Yeah, totally. I guess. Yeah. You can, and there's another seat, I guess you can fit some other people, which is convenient, which yeah. It's also inconvenient too. Some people yeah. like that. Yeah, some people don't like that. Yeah, I mean, if it had four doors, it'd be easier. But yeah, trying to you know squeeze more people into that back seat was uh, a pain in the butt unless it was summertime and running it without the top. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, model of choice and why? Like, what 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 would you? Is what you have now what you prefer? Or what you have had in the past? Uh, no, yeah, I would have kept it if it was what I prefer, but I sold it because I'm kind of looking into getting something with a little bit more, you know, go power. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, something with a V8. I'm probably gonna do something custom. Um, but I mean, an ideal Toyota would be a you know second gen Tacoma, um, four door short bed pickup, and if I can even afford to build it, build one of those. <laughs> you know, I think V8s fit in the engine compartment, don't they? Uh, yes, they yeah, do. Yeah. I didn't want to. <laughs> Trying to keep it somewhat street legal and dealing with the uh, California carb compliance uh, yeah. wasn't really working for me. <laughs> Doesn't sure. your dad live in Idaho? Uh, he does, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Caleb? Um, I actually prefer the first-gen body style on the Toyotas, but they're hard to find. That They're not all rusted out. Um, so, yeah, the second-gen just happened to be a good deal and came at the right time. So that's what I went with. But uh, the frames are a little stronger on the second gens too. Um, but for me, the the Tacomas are just too expensive to be building. What what um, what year are the first gens? Um, do you know or what? Are they, what where's the break at? Seventy nine to eighty three. Yeah, eighty three. Yeah. yeah, and then second gen started at eighty four and ran up to uh, eighty eight, eighty nine, depending on if you had the pickup or the forerunner. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. Mine was I had an eighty three cab. Everything else was. Frankenstein, whatever, you know. Yeah, I mean, like tubing. <laughs> yeah, or like, you know, 93 motor, 91 harness, and wherever I can find some stuff, but yeah. Uh, what about rough stuff gear? Like, what do you guys, what were you guys running on your rigs, and what do you got? Uh, so, yeah, on, on my Forerunner, I just had uh, the spring hangers for, like, the 63s um, in the back, and then the, the front leaf spring hangers, um, and then just, like, U-bolts and top plates. Um everything else i just had kind of like custom like a custom built cross member just made out of square tubing and then uh exo cage just made out of dom i had a full three link kit on the front of my truck um our shock hoops motor mounts when i rolled uh broke my motor mounts so had to put those in there a lot of people don't like them because they're they're too stiff but i like them puts all the power to the ground um 
and in the rear he has chevy 63 hangers um shackles u-bolts all that fun stuff why don't people like them just because they break other stuff or yeah they people don't like how much they vibrate after they put them in or yeah, yeah they they say vibrations are cracking stuff but i've been having no issues for about a year and a half with those in there so I've had more issues not running them than running them because yeah, I forgot I put the after I did my engine rebuild I put the rough stuff motor mounts in. Mm-hmm. A big problem I had was once you upgrade to the bombproof um, transfer case mounts, mm. that really stiffens up everything back there. But the motor still wants to rock, yeah. and I was having issues with the uh, threads pulling out of the bottom of the transfer case because mm. there was no give there. Um, I ended up having to Healy coil that stuff to get it back in there. And then as soon as I threw those, uh, I had to do that a couple times, uh, with the bolts pulling out. And as soon as I used those motor mounts, never had a problem with them again or loosening up or anything like that. Yeah. And you smoked a motor on that thing on the trail, right? Yeah. A couple. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, the Fordyce river crossings, uh, can get deep sometimes. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I was not running a snorkel at that time. (laughs) Gotcha. Ryan, you... You're a big Marlin Crawler fan, right? You know, Marlin and Mike and... Yeah, I've gone... You've been out to the Roundup a couple of times, right? I think... I just found all my little badges for them. Um, I think there was like six or seven of them that I've been to. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. What about... Um, like, what is there like a best Toyota you guys would say like for wheeling? Like as far as like wheelbase or just like like stock? Like, for, like if you were to get another one and, and or tell someone which one to buy, what would you guys recommend? I guess it kind of depends on their budget, but, um, mm. yeah, the, uh, the second gens, I'm a big fan. You can find them pretty easily, uh, pretty solid base to start with. And the wheelbase is good. Some of those third gen pickups with the extended cab can get a little long. Um, but yeah, I would say probably a second gen pickup. So are all second gen single cabs on? No, I have there a, are extended cabs. Yeah, I have a, a another eighty-six cabs? mini truck extended oh, cab. Oh, the two-wheel drive. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that is extended. Gotcha. Do you, and do you have dual cases in yours, Caleb? I do. Yeah, I have uh, the Marlin four-seven kit in the rear, and then just a stock two-two-eight front case. Gotcha. And what do you have on yours, Ryan? Uh, yeah, it was the four-seven in the rear, and then two-two-eight in the front. Yeah. And so, what's the? I didn't ever did the four-seven. So, like, what's the benefit of doing that? It's like, you know, dual cases just in one case. case. And then I liked having that 228 gear just for like snow runs. You're not revving up that engine as high and can get a little bit more speed in certain spots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if I like my 4.7 or not. It's good in sketchy scenarios when you don't want to roll back and you can literally let the clutch out while you're still on the brake and it won't stall. But other than that, it's, it's really, really slow. So, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't even like, I think I wheeled most of the time in just single low and then I would just like every once in a while I'll throw in double cause I got, I, I got tired of going that slow. Right. Yeah. 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 So I could only imagine with like another, with a four, seven. So it's like, it'd be like having, I guess three cases then right? three stock cases basically. Yeah. 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 Pretty close. Yeah. But I mean, I liked it for, you know, when you're on those steep obstacles, like, you know, that Fordyce trail, cause that yeah. I always went to Fordyce and you know, windchill one and windchill three were, you know, two of the hardest parts and yeah, really steep and it's nice to, you know, just kind of creep up it and then see how the truck's going to lean before you, uh, and you know, recenter everything before you give it more throttle. Were you, I forget, were you linked? No, I was all leaf springs. Okay. And maybe that's why I, I felt like I, once I started getting comfortable with my truck, I felt like really comfortable. And so like, I could just kind of keep the throttle going and like not it wasn't like as big of a deal yeah springs it's like you can't really go that fast yeah. <laughs> without your back hurting at the end of the day gotcha <laughs> tell us about your truck garrett because you had a pretty cool toyota back in the day that's right so yeah i had an 83 i, I bought like an 83 cab uh pickup truck red like a bright red someone nicknamed it like the rock lobster back in the day <laughs> and uh <laughs> so it's always been that to me but that was a 83 pickup i bought a motor somewhere i don't even remember where i got it i got cases and trans dual cases and the transmission on craigslist already assembled i never took it apart i just put it in the truck and was like good to go never touched it and um i think i i also had the rough stuff motor mounts on mine and then i i had like a soft uh transfer case like a stock transfer case thing in the back so 
I never saw any issues with that, but it did seem like more solid. That's for sure. I just don't remember if I it caused any issues. Like, so, uh, rough stuff, nine inch rear and a Daniel 44 and the front, the 44 was a Chevy, a Chevy, uh, what was it? Yeah. Chevy. And the short side or the long side was cut down to a waggy long side. So it left me more room on the short side of the, of the tube to add like link or, you know, suspension oh, yeah, brackets. Stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, but it made it narrower to where it wasn't like a full width. Right. So I think it was like 63 and a half or 64. So it was like FJ 80, I think is about that wide. Yeah. yeah. Tacoma width up just about. Or JK even, I think is even that too. So, um, yeah. And the, and I ran 35s. A three link in the front, a four in the back. Oh yeah, three link in the front, four link. Kings in the back, on yeah. all corners. Yeah. Uh. Yes. Yeah. I think I had six. Uh, we made a mistake on the ordering. I just like didn't communicate clearly enough when I ordered it, so I just threw them in there. But I got sixteens and fourteens, so I put fourteens in the front and sixteens in the rear for the kings. Hell yeah. Yeah. It works. It works. Yeah. And uh, it ended. Up, I wanted it to be street legal, but it ended up just you know through the process of. One thing leads to another. One thing leads to another, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, if I did this, this could yeah. happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and I, I decided that the that the bed was just in the way and the rear of the frame was in the way, so I, I back-halfed it, and that just made everything simpler, and it looked cooler, you know, And but I lost a lot of storage. So I had to, like, towards the end, I built, like, a like a, a, a storage up, like, really high on, on the very back end for, uh, like, a cooler, like a, like a great thing I don't the know essential you stuff you need yeah and that thing was cool actually because it was just super high put weight on the back and yeah actually have room again and they had a, like a fuel cell instead of a tank yeah that was a cool truck man that was super cool yeah i miss it sometimes until <laughs> you have to work on it yeah until i have to work I, yeah i built i tried to spend like time and money on certain things so i didn't have to like i never wanted to work on the trail i'm like i just wanted a freaking wheel you know so i i did like the yukon axles and arb and i did like the yukon u joints that were lifetime warranty all that all that good stuff and then uh, i think i did dutchman rear axle shafts um and had you know dina over at performance cryo cryogenics uh spline for me nice but yeah speaking of like different uh back halves and different situations what do you guys think about like uh dove nosing or dovetailing you didn't do that on your pickup did you no, I was, when I had the bed cut apart for the bob, I was sitting there staring at it. I'm like, well, if I'm going to dovetail it, now's the time. But uh, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of work, especially yeah, to do it right. Uh, you know, the bed corner comes in at a 90-90, and as soon as you dovetail it, you got to try to figure out how to open that corner up so it's not 90 anymore. Otherwise, it like just goes into, I don't know, it just looks a little weird. So, no, I never did tail. it. But I do like the way it looks, and it gets the tires out of the body panels. So, is that your first time doing like body work? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely. I'm like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing, but we're just gonna go for it. Did you, and you, you just make weld and big tack everything? Or? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I put like O two three wire in my welder and just tacked it, and I had a bucket with a rag in there and just quenched it every now and then, try to keep the heat out of it so it didn't warp warp the body panels. Mm-hmm. I did some body stuff like back in the day, just helping a buddy like build a, build a truck. And we used, we tigged everything and did, um, gosh, I forget the name of the, the welding wire, but it's like, like silicon bronze or something. Okay. And it's like brazing almost. It just, it melts before the, the, the steel melts. Okay. So you just, you're like soldering essentially. It's super, super easy. Hmm. And so it's, yeah. And it's softer, I think too. So I think you can probably, I think sand it easier. easier stuff too, yeah. But we left it all raw cause it was just like a race truck. Yeah. It's still not finished mine it's all rusted and unpainted so whatever (laughs) that's how it goes right yeah i mean there's more important things to be working on (laughs) did you answer that question oh for yeah i mean i like to carry a lot of gear with me so when you you know dovetail it and all that stuff you kind of lose room for all your stuff i usually like to go out for you know three to five days at a time depending on where i'm going yeah um makes a little bit harder um and, you know, if you bob the bed, you get plenty of departure angle and mm-hmm. not really too worried about what the tire can hit at that point. Yeah. What about uh, single cab, extended cab, crew cab? I know crew cab is like the new ones, but what would you, I guess, what do you guys prefer? Not single cab, right? 
Yeah. I mean, my brother had a single cab forever and he was just like done with it afterwards. Yeah. He's like, can't keep like, you know, he tries to keep stuff that he doesn't want to get, you know, wet or, you know, dirty inside the cab. But it's just like, if you have a passenger, like, you know, your sleeping bag and pillow and all that stuff's not going to be sitting there. So, um, yeah, definitely at least an extended cab. Ideally nowadays I want to do like a four door build and then just have that, you know, short box pickup bed just yeah. for, you know, some gear to fit in. Yeah, that'd be sweet. So if you're running um, stock axles on that on your Toyota, like what what tires do you prefer, or what do you what would you run? What size far, tires? Yeah, yeah, yeah size. size yeah. Um, I've broken way too many shafts on 37s, so no bigger than 37s on Toyota axles <laughs> for me. But I hear guys pushing 40s all the time with no issues. I don't know if they're better at driving than me or I don't know what's going on there, but yeah, I've broken like three or four shafts on the all front or rear two, um, three front shafts. Yeah. So three shafts and yeah, all fronts, all fronts yeah. no rears yet. So man, you know, you see the guys with the forties and it looks appealing because you got fucking mile of ground clearance, yeah, you know, it's almost, but almost as much as like a portal axle. Like it's yeah, crazy. It's insane, but it's Yeah time bomb you know yeah only got so much longer until it's gone yeah i, I liked my 35s because it was kind of like bragging rights too yeah it's like i get up suit bowl with 35s well that's why i <laughs> get yeah, 12 years i ran 35s and did a, pretty much every obstacle at ford ice on them every obstacle at uh rubicon and some of the stuff down at hammers with it mm-hmm. it's like 35s on toyota axles you have like same ground clearance as one tons on like 38s or something (laughs) so it's just like (laughs) good good ratio yeah and it's like you don't really break anything with a 35 like as soon as i put lockers in it i'm like all right as soon as it's locked i went all chromoly parts in it and because you know like you i Mm -hmm. want to overbuild it and have to spend i want to spend my time wheeling it and not fixing it out in the middle of you know nowhere Yeah. (laughs) yeah so if you so you got so you're saying 30 no bigger than 37s caleb on yeah. stock axles yeah and you're saying the same thing like 35s you're cool with that uh i mean i didn't keep my stock shafts after 35s yeah. but yeah i'd say 33s on stock shafts yeah. if you like to play yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm on i'm on chromoly shafts too so that definitely helps but i also made the mistake when i bought my front axle um they asked me if i wanted a 27 spline or 30 spline shaft and at the time, I thought that was going into the carrier. And I'm like, well, I don't want to have to buy a new carrier. So I'll just do the stock 27 spline. But it turns out that it's that's at the Burfield. So uh, that's my weak point. And it's all been Burfields that break every time. So uh, go, with the, even, go with 30 spline. <laughs> yeah. and I But I haven't even twisted 30, 30. the 27 spline either. So... I don't know. It's always oh, you're, the, just, you're just breaking like the stub shafts essentially. Like the the actual like bell on the Burfield yeah. expands, uh-huh. and then the bearings just blow up inside of there, and it all comes apart. Interesting. Yeah. And that keeps happening again and again. Yeah. Damn. Is it always when your wheels fully turned uh, <laughs> and bound up? No. The first <laughs> one was actually my shakedown run at Prairie City. I was in the mud. I was turned all the way. Um, and it was a shakedown run, so I don't know if the steering stops were set right. Um, and I heard a big pop and then the tire wouldn't turn anymore. So that one, whatever stuff happens. Um, but the other two, uh, were, I don't know. I didn't think they would break. I was actually at Ford ice for one of them. Uh, just going through a little like dirt section before you get to a river crossing and I thought I heard a pop, but I didn't really think anything of it. Just kept going because I wasn't in a gnarly section. I'm like, shouldn't have broke here. So I just kept going. And then I tried to go up this like literally a dirt hill and it wouldn't go up. And I'm like, hey, is that front tire spinning? And they're like, nope. So there's another shaft gone there. And then Rubicon, I was at the uh, the little stairs going up the slabs and I like third gear 3000 RPM clutch drop and hmm. uh yeah I'll do it I mean caught traction and like went up the wall and when all the weight landed down hmm. uh I heard another big pop and that ended my weekend <laughs> dude the slabs have not been good to you no never <laughs> I don't it and everyone's always like oh Rubicon's a freeway I have all my problems at the Rubicon <laughs> I've even at the 
second time I went after I rolled, uh, I was headed to Buck and I lost one injector and then two injectors. Oh, I remember this. And then three injectors. <laughs> and I drove from the Rubicon to Cool for four, almost five hours on one or two cylinders. <laughs> and I had to get towed by a few trucks. Uh, one guy even pulled me. He had a trailer hooked up. So we just hooked the strap to his trailer and he pulled me in the trailer. Um, yeah. Rubicon always gives me problems. <laughs> if you had, um, let's say, aftermarket shafts and you're, you're, you felt solid there as far as strength in, inside, the, the toy, inside the Toyota axle, uh, would you still stick with like 37s or would you guys bump it up? And, or would... I'd probably do like a 38 max if you had all the goodies in there, mm-hmm. you know, like 25 millimeter trunnion bearings and then, you know, the 30 spline axle shafts, probably 38s. I mean, you'll still probably fatigue them over time and end up breaking something eventually, but yeah. that ground clearance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the axle, the next, the next weak point is either the pinion or it's going to be the hub studs or the hub. So yeah. I, yeah. I wouldn't push Toyota axles past a 38 like Ryan's saying. Yeah. I feel the same way. Um, and then you, both you guys were, uh, street legal, right? Or are? Yeah. And are, or, or, and are? Yeah. Yep. Mostly. <laughs> so what ratio are you running with your, with your tires on and on the gears? So I was, uh, 488 and it was fine until I added the, uh, exo, mm. you know, that's like an extra 500 pounds. <laughs> yeah. That'll do it, man. So it, it really slowed it down, but I had the 488s and 35s just cause, you know, less likely to break a, you know, ring and pinion, um, more tooth contact with it. So I just kind of stuck with it, decided I wasn't going any bigger than 35s and didn't have any problems. Yeah. I got 529s in my axle. Um, I, yeah, it works perfect for the 37s, but like Ryan's saying, you're definitely not much, uh, ring gear and pinion gear contact there and the pinion gear is getting pretty small so you're asking to break something but i had 589s in mine <laughs> oh but you had the ford nine inch had the ford and nine. the 44 oh, yeah. get any ratio you want a little bit bigger yeah. i think the pinion was pretty tiny in the 44 yeah uh, i was gonna say the 44 has got to be similar to a toyota axle so the ring gear i remember trevor up at wfo did that for me i think he was saying it's super thick like two to two and a half inches like thick overall and the pinion's just super tiny (laughs) but i did that because um i I bought the the ford nine with a uh detroit locker in it from uh phil over at liberty mountain oh yeah and he was doing something else i bought that for whatever i'm like that's perfect that's i don't have to spend any money on it and then i just geared the front the match Nice. But what kind of lockers do you have in your truck, Caleb? Uh, the front is a good old Miller locker, the old welder. <laughs> nice. Um, the rear's got a lock right in it. Um, I haven't had any issues with the lock right yet, but wait, you welded the front? Yeah. Okay. Uh, everyone says not to, but I highly disagree. <laughs> Are you running hydro assist? No, oh. I think your uh, Burfields disagree too. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but we may have found here, the culprit. Here's, here's my thing, you know, if you're if you have a even a lock right in the front, when you're trying to turn, it's under stress, so it's going to be wanting wanting to lock up. Um, so I don't know. I just felt like unless you have an ARB, there's really no. I'd rather be open in the front than, than weld it personally. You know? Yeah. No, but dude, just have your co-dog just unlock your hub. I do. I run around in three-wheel drive until I need the four-wheel drive, which is probably another reason one shaft always breaks before the other because gotcha. it's got more stress on it. But yeah. um, that's actually how I think the one at the Rubicon broke on the slabs because after I wheeled out a Ford Ice, uh, that was three-wheel drive all the way out. So there was a lot of fatigue on that one shaft. I changed the broken one but left the other one went wheeling again and broke the other one so there you have it <laughs> um so what what toyota specific products do we have rough stuff uh oh the uh yeah the motor mounts like we talked about mm-hmm. um and then we got the uh semi-float bearing cups for the axles if you're doing custom uh oh, axles yeah. and then the full float flanges we got a few of those left lying around um 
And then you just did the video on the uh, frame plates. Yeah, so. yep, frame plates. Those are cool. Uh, what else we got? Uh, that back truss for a factory, eighty-six to ninety-five housing. Mm-hmm. We have a top truss too for the front, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, the short top truss for uh, eighty-five and older housing. So is that something? Is are all those things something you guys like? I guess while well, you're in sales, like, is that something you recommend the people, or 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 is it like? pick and choose on the build or uh you can kind of pick and choose on some of the stuff um the frame plates i would definitely run my brother and i both have ripped shock hoops off just it Mm. you know it's all the weights on leaf springs but the shock hoops still peel off that frame yeah Yeah. so and especially if you're going to do links and coilovers that's putting a lot more stress on that frame so definitely do the frame plates yeah so even if you're not doing frame plates it's like box the frame right like somehow yeah or or not box but plate it right yeah you need some kind of plating where your your shock or your tower is going to be connected to because that takes a lot of stress um and then like you know motor mounts i would recommend the motor mounts if you're you know running a bomb proof mount on your transfer cases because if you got too much rocket up front then yeah like i said you might have to uh deal with bolts loosening up on the t-case mount and you know pulling thread out now have you heard anything the other way because i have our motor mounts but stock case mounts so i'm just wondering no i haven't heard anything yeah Yeah, i haven't heard any issues on just running you know the bulletproof uh um, motor mount setup and then no just a stock uh, transfer case setup that's yeah you'll 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 probably be all right (laughs) you made it this far yeah i mean so uh i guess the same question to you i mean what about is Uh, that what you would recommend to like your buddies or yeah absolutely the frame plates are a must-have um if you're running a front housing, uh, factory 85 front housing, um, definitely probably top truss it. I mean, those things are pretty thin, um, so any any bit of help that they can get. Um, to back truss, that's something I would want to do on my truck, but it's just kind of a lot of work, so I haven't done it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, While we're on the topic, actually, so like, uh, what about like non rough stuff products? Like what else would you guys tell a customer or tell a buddy to just, you have you need to fix this on a Toyota cause this always fails or whatever. Um, other yeah. than, yeah, upgrading those burr fields, like yeah. <laughs> I would never run a factory burr field. <laughs> yeah. I think probably within the year I got my truck. I, um, when I put, uh, before I did air lockers, I had a, uh, lock right in the front. As soon as I put a locker in it, I'm like, I'm putting, you know, Bobby Longs in there. So I had like the old school Bobby Long 30 splines that I threw in. The good ones back in the yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. And then um, ARP studs. If you don't have like a, a fifth stud or sixth stud knuckles, uh, you definitely want to do the ARP knuckle studs. I've, I've seen quite a few people I run out to on the trip. I used to carry like my old ones that I took out and I've actually given a few away because you know you run into people on the trail with broken knuckle studs and you you know they're kind of stranded until you get studs back in there yeah I'll bring a torque wrench with me to the trail and torque my knuckle studs as I'm going because I know they come loose I'm like I'm not I'm not playing this game (laughs) (laughs) what about like steering um as far as like steering like because we offer do you guys run the stock Toyota steering on yours or did you upgrade the one ton I ran the the FJ80 yeah yeah yeah, I did Heim steering on mine, so I guess just custom made uh, tie rod and drag link. And then um, beyond like some of the uh, like the ARP, the studs and all that stuff, and the Burfields, like what about fabrication wise? Is there anything else to upgrade that that uh, that you would recommend to other people? I mean, like the hanger, are the stock hangers okay? Are the I mean. That's Usually sort of when you're doing the 63 swap, you end up having to move those yeah. uh, spring hangers uh, or the shackle hangers. The spring hangers definitely have to be moved, but the uh, shackle hangers usually move those as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you move those, uh, the rear shackle hanger, you're kind of going towards that edge of the frame, and it's not boxed in at the edge. Mm-hmm. On mine, I never boxed it in, but <laughs> <laughs> mine ended up folding up. Oh, like oh, uh, oh! I see what you're saying. The ba- the back of the, the yeah, frame still, is open, it's right? still like a C channel yeah. frame at the very end where the bumper slides mm-hmm. into. So definitely, if you're keeping the frame all the way out that far, I would box that in mm-hmm. because yeah, the weight of the vehicle and the axle articulating over time just kind of slowly bends it in, and then your shackles are kind of. <laughs> My buddy had that on a, a one ton rear end, and his shackles are mounted right under that, and it was actually the same trip that I broke my Burfield at the Rubicon. 
I hopped in his truck and we finished our weekend just in one truck. Um, and we kept hearing this like tink, tink, tink. We're like, what is this noise? And it was every time the axle would articulate in the rear. Well, when we got home, put it on the trailer, we realized the shackles are all twisted in one direction. The back of the frame was getting ready to peel off <laughs> because of that. Oh, wow. So we actually just cut the back of it off and then uh, some uh, two by four tubing fixed it up. I thought you were going to say I cut the back off and linked it. No, <laughs> he, he's been talking about Never it. Never looked back. We cut the front off and linked the front. Uh, why Toyota, like over like jeep or ford i mean just preference or for you guys so they used to be more of like a budget vehicle like within the last 10 years yeah like, not anymore yeah, yeah prices have just gone up but um yeah back in the day like you know you could do a lot with them for you know on just factory parts like you could do a lot with them they were made pretty strong yeah um and then you know marlin came out with the dual cases and you know once you're in dual cases game. it's just like you never want to have a single case again yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot less stress on the vehicle, right? Because we're not, you're not having to hit things with so much momentum and not revving the shit out of everything. Yeah, not hitting that rev limiter all the time, mm -hmm. or I guess you could more when you're, you yeah, know, depending doing, on what you're doing, doing two miles an hour redlining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially with that four seven case, huh? Yeah. And what about you, Caleb? Was that just like uh, what all your buds were doing, or how did it come to you? Because you started building your truck when you're pretty young. Yeah. Um, and you didn't do a simple build either. Yeah. Well, it was. It was supposed to be, but it just, you know, like Garrett said, one thing turns into another and starts getting a little out of hand. But, um, for me it was, it came down to storage and, uh, it was also supposed to be my daily. So it was my high school vehicle. Um, that's another reason I welded the front instead of the rear. Um, yeah, I, I just wanted the room. I wanted, I rode dirt bikes at the time. I wanted to be able to put my dirt bike somewhere and not have to put a trailer on the back of my Jeep and then take my dirt bike somewhere. So Toyota it was, and it was a truck for me because of that bed. But yeah, I mean, Jeeps are cool, but I'm a Toyota guy. So like what you were saying, uh, Ryan, about the, uh, about the, you know, that are less available or more expensive now, the Toyotas, um, what would be like a budget build? nowadays like what or what would be the best route to go is it is it just easier to buy something online that's like semi-built or buy a newer year because they're about the same price as the older ones um yeah buying something just already built is going to be cheaper in general if you're able to fab your own stuff um you know do all your suspension work and all that then you can almost start with anything like just find something cheap online it's like all right we're going to turn this into a, a buggy yeah, yeah um so that would probably be the the cheapest way like going toyota's like i've noticed prices on um like third gen forerunners have come down a little bit if for stock ones um so i mean those would be a good starting platform hmm. yeah it seemed like back in the day man five grand gets you a pretty pretty killer rig and now it's like it's slim pickings you know yeah pretty stock at that point yeah they're it's crazy the market's going through the roof on those things right now but it's like houses yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. everything's going up right now i wonder if uh personal loans personal loan rates are cheap too maybe <laughs> probably <Yeah>. people <laughs> can't drive a house <laughs> yeah plus with all the affirm stuff now right yeah just finance your whole build oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. rough so specialties does have firm financing in case you're wondering <laughs> I know, Ryan, you're talking about getting like four-door one day, but if you had to pick and, you know, the actual purchase price wasn't a factor, would you go new school or old school? Uh, Old school or no, I think I'd go new school. <laughs> Even with the new nanny features and more computers and more challenging things. Yeah, and because, you know, you get more power out of a V6. That's true. These days, like, you know. Or like an old V8, you know. Yeah, a new, a new V6 gets as much power as an old 80s V8. Um, and you know, be able to get some of that gas mileage still, yeah. you know, don't want to be spending $200 on gas for a weekend trip. Yeah. What about you, Caleb? What would you do? Oh, I don't know. I think I like the, the body style on those first gens, man. If you could find a clean one, money wasn't a factor. Just ruin a nice clean one. It'd be great. <laughs> Whole Marty McFly special. Yeah. That'd be sweet. I'd, I'd take... Like an old, I like I like the old school ones too. The eighty threes, like the, yeah. the the first Big gens, rounded fenders and stuff. Yep, and money no factor, cool. Make it freaking awesome. Put like air conditioning in it and yeah. all the all the cool stuff that the new ones have, right? 
Speaking of older Toyotas, that old uh, two-wheel drive one you bought a while ago was kind of a weird one. It was an 86 or 87, but it was a 22R. Oh, the Wasn't one. Wasn't it carbureted instead uh, of fuel injected? Yeah, it was an 80, 85 or 86. I forget. I got it for a couple hundred bucks from my my dad's neighbor. I made $20 on it, I think, selling it to my brother. And uh, he lives down in the Bay Area. And it's already been broken into like three times like the windows smashed down yeah i'm surprised they didn't take the whole thing those things you can just start with just about any toy they did they they took it (laughs) yeah he found some tweakers in it like a block away (laughs) (laughs) he lives like out in like uh it's not you know like um i think he lives out in hunter's point where it's like that's like the compton of the bay area yeah it's It's deep in there not the nicest he's like he sends like i see like instagram stories on his page where like one the other day there was like a uh, a car burning like right oh, outside his like hilarious. shop, and then and then the next the fire department's there putting it out, and the next one there's just some tweakers pulling all the copper wire out of it oh in a matter of like an hour. <laughs> oh my god, so awesome! Yeah. The story unfolds. So he's like, yeah, he t- I, he sent me a photo of like the truck window broken, and he's like, I'm moving. I'm like, that that's what that's what made you move, like a yeah. Anyways, there's a lot of worse stuff that's happened. Yeah, that was a neat truck because it was post '85, but it's still carbureted. Yeah, it's carbureted. They, yeah, they kept carbureted around until '88, uh, I think. Really? Yeah, it was still an option for like the base model stuff. Yeah, and all uh, the two wheel drives. I was when I was trying to find a two wheel drive. That was the hardest part. I wanted the EFI, but it seemed like every two wheel drive I found had carburetor and i'm like ah. yeah. so i found an sr5 and that had fuel injection and gotcha. you know, all right as far as the steering goes i was curious because i i did fj i did an fj80 box on mine where you guys were in just the ifs yeah like, ifs box s- yep. box yeah cool is the fj80 box bigger or what, is, what's yeah the, gotcha yeah, it's all the same a little like, bigger and different throw on the pitman arm wasn't yours uh th- uh pitman arm went off the front of it it does, yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think so, the sixty and the eighty were like that. Yep, and I, I liked that. Was I totally forgot about that till now? But at the time, I liked that because the IFS one, you have to put the box so far in front of the axle, where it's like if you wanted to trim things up or whatever, if you hit hit anything, it's going to damage it. Well, it puts it further back now. It's safer. It's a bigger. Um, I think it's a bigger shaft, or maybe it's the same size sector shaft. But I can't remember. It's like a four bolt one instead of a three bolt. Yeah. Um, my theory was it's like it's for a heavier vehicle it's going to be stronger yeah so I and s- you didn't have to cut into the front clip trying to push that other box that's right that yeah. far forward yeah, yeah i just like boxed the i like i think i cut open the frame boxed the one side and then took some some of the like those sleeves that we had here that were like quarter wall and sleeved the inside of the the uh frame and then plated mm-hmm. around it again and it was just never had a problem yeah what about places you like the wheel? I know the Rubicon already hates you, Caleb. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of four dice. It's not too far up eighty for me. Um, good wheeling, uh, four dice or sorry, Rubicon's just farther away, and yeah, I always have trouble there. So, uh, it is nice though for the long trips. Like you know, Ryan's liking five day trips. Those are nice out there because you got the lake. You can go hang yeah. out at the lake. Four dice isn't as cool for a long trip but yeah, that nice camping spot at the bottom of windchill one where it's got a little kind of pool and river area flowing through yeah <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple good spots at fordyce if you want to cool off yeah what about you uh fordyce fordyce was the first trail i went to like and that's always been kind of my go-to because i'm in grass valley i was always like a 40 minute drive away yeah. so we would you know if we want to do a quick run like just a day trip jet up there you know run eagle to committee head back down be home before dark like that was yeah, that's a quick and easy way in too. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, always four dice was my go-to, and then after a couple of years of doing that, started doing Rubicon. Um, I think maybe my first time at Rubicon may have been at one of the Marlin roundups I went to. Um, but you know, it's always good to go with a bunch of people that have been there before and <laughs> know what's going on out there. Have yeah. Toyota knuckle sets. Yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone's got Toyota parts. So if something happens, is there any places you guys still want to go wheel that you haven't, like on the bucket list? uh yeah definitely like uh moab i mean i've I've been out camping at moab but this was like when i was you know a kid with the family and you know just going sightseeing and stuff so moab um i can't remember what that forest up in oregon's called um but i hear they got some pretty good trails up there to check out oh with the huge rock gardens for it's like a football field of rocks might be i think it starts with a t i don't remember the name but um yeah oregon definitely um I know there's a few other trails further out east that 
once I get a good tow rig, it would be nice to drive out that yeah. far. <laughs> what, what about you, Caleb? Um, Moab definitely is another, yeah. One, you, you were uh, just out there, right? I was out at Sand Hollow. Oh, Sand Hollow. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, similar, um, but yeah, I want to go out there, see how the truck does on the sandstone. And, um, I don't know. I don't really think I have another one other than Moab. Uh, did Barrett last year. That was cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, Moab the Barrett's is... just closed. Like, or they were closed for a few seasons, and I think they just finally started reopening it. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Moab's number one for me, but I don't even think I have a number two. <laughs> yeah, Moab was pretty cool. I went there. We went there for a couple of years just for for that event. The yeah. Easter Jeep Safari. Yeah. Yep. EJS. And one year I was there. You guys remember Jason Ratcliffe that started yeah. making those 69 axles? J-Rat. The Danny 69. Uh, yeah. Oh, I know the name. I've never met him, though. Yeah, he was there, and he... Uh, He's like, you want to drive my Toyota up Hell's Revenge? I'm like, okay. So I got to do that. That was cool. I guess uh, Moon Rocks would be another one for me. I don't, I've oh. never been to Moon Rocks. Really? really? Yeah. Oh, that's so like, close. Man. That's like, that was actually, I, that's my favorite place to wheel. Because it's, especially with like a linked rig, it's like really technical and like it's a, it's smaller. So it's not like trail wheeling, but it's more like there's like unlimited lines and, and you can it's like the, that's like the party. It definitely <laughs> the party can be. Yeah. 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 Party yeah especially if you go on like Memorial day or whatever. Well, and you can bring holidays. anything you want. You bring a dirt bike, you yeah. bring a Vespa and have a good time. You do whatever you want. <laughs> that was the other thing I liked about it too, where yeah, you could bring whatever you want. You could break and then just pull yourself off and go home. Like, cause you're at, you're at your campsite. So yeah, that was, that place is cool. I and always hear people trailers and stuff too, which is nice. Yeah, I always hear people talking about that. I go, I just break and back my trailer right up to the rock and <laughs> yeah. go home. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, it definitely can get sketchy out there, though, because it, it, it is such a small, confined area. Yeah, people party can party hard. Um, and People you know, get hot-headed out there, too, yeah, man. And you got to like watch out for just people doing dumb things. or I, you know, I think I, I don't know if I was out there, but I... Either I was out there or I heard a story of it, but someone got like pinched between two vehicles one time because yeah. they were spotting and being drunk, and you know, dude, every every Memorial Day someone yeah. gets smoked out there. Yeah, yeah pretty much every year. Sometimes a couple. Yeah, it was like two years ago. It was like three or four people. It's yeah, crazy. It yeah, life lights like always out there, and yeah. especially with like the you know the coming up of the side by sides. It's oh, like yeah, everyone's get, going faster. You get Joe Blow, dude, that's never wheeled in his life. Just bought a huge toy hauler, a huge truck. And the biggest side by side they can get, and they're just doing 100 miles an hour through camp, you know. What about uh, any good wheeling stories? Uh, I mean, not really, other than when I rolled. Um, let's, yeah, let's hear that one. I don't think we got to hear that one yet. I was uh, first trip to the Rubicon, it was for my graduation from high school. Um, me and like two or three buddies went out there. Um, we left late, so we got there at like midnight, aired down, got on the rocks, and we got, made it out to the slabs. And I, first time there, we could see like the little markers on the ground, but we weren't sure exactly where to go. And we ended up going off the slabs uh, in the wrong spot. And so I rolled. There was like a big break in the rocks. And when the front end dropped, I felt the rear end start picking up, and I stabbed the throttle trying to catch it. But wasn't quick enough it had an automatic in it at the time so the gearing wasn't as low um and then you know the delay and the torque converter and all of that but is that that spot that's like uh, i guess i would call it like a little s-turn spot where there's like a, a a drop off right when you're coming right when you start the slabs yeah so right after you get out of gatekeeper mm -hmm. um you kind of turn left a little bit and go down the slabs mm -hmm. i stayed too far right and I kind of went straight out instead of to the left and yeah there's a big split in the rocks and actually my side had like a two foot drop and the passenger side I asked my passenger I'm like how's it look he said fine but he didn't tell me it was a ramp so my front tire had a two foot drop but his uh, side had a ramp so it picked the whole vehicle up and flipped us over yeah it looked, looked fine yeah it, it sounds up. like that yeah. side was fine yeah, yeah it sounds like it was your side yeah <laughs> 
Oh, I, yeah. I came up to it square <laughs> hoping front end would drop and then the rear end would drop and we'd be fine because you're already on the slabs. You're already a little off camber. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he had a ramp on his side. <laughs> that made all the difference. <laughs> and you didn't have a cage in that thing either, huh? No. Yeah. Oh, and stupidly enough, wasn't wearing seatbelts. Oh, Caleb. Yeah, I know. We literally just got back in the truck. Uh, they got stuck in gatekeeper so i was out of my truck me and my passenger is my little brother um we got out of the truck we hopped back in and yeah i just didn't put on the seat belts uh when i felt it start going over i mean i i grabbed my little brother as hard as i could and i wedged myself into the steering wheel and no one got hurt but uh truck and all of our camping gear went everywhere yeah we had like our Pepsi's like 50, 100 yards away. I mean, they were just everywhere. <laughs> what about you, Ryan? Um, yeah, I would say uh, my worst trip was probably at Fordyce, <laughs> our most memorable. Um, it was uh, me, my brother, and uh, Greg from Rock and Road. Mm. Uh, it was like eight years ago. I think it was on my second engine at the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, it was like November, and we're like, hey, let's just do a quick Sunday run up to Fordyce. We'll... Uh, you know, we'll make it quick. We'll start at committee and we'll go down trail to Eagle. And, uh, you know, we get to the trailhead. It's starting to rain. We're like, oh, this is fine. Get to the first river crossing. Oh, we're still good. Like, everything's good. And as we keep going down river crossings, it's getting deeper and deeper from all that rain pouring down the hills. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you check the flow like online before you head out there. It's like, oh, it's good. And then you just you didn't. We didn't think about, uh, you know, how much rain's coming down those hills and filling up that river. And uh, by the time we got to the river crossing um, between windchill two and windchill one, it was headlight deep. My headlights were, you know, 48 inches, four feet. Um, And so, you know, Greg makes it through in his uh, Jeep TJ. No problem. My brother goes through. He had his rig was still carbureted at the time. So his intake was, you know, up on top of the engine. No problem. And so I'm the last one in line. I start going. And then as soon as the factory intakes, like right behind the headlight, as soon as I go in, the, the headlights drop underwater. Fox. Sucks a bunch of water through. Um, and then, uh, yeah, piston four goes out the side of the block. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so at that point, they had to turn around and come back across the river while going around me i was like you know in the good spot to try and get across so like uh, they floor past me like bumping my rig as they go by and you know we spent six hours getting it out of the river just to windchill too and at that point uh i called it a day it was pouring down rain everyone was soaking wet i'm like well let's come back later and get it and then we came back three days later and spent another six hours getting it to the uh road and getting it trailered home dang (laughs) That's a long day. That is a long day. Yeah. What about uh, overlanding? Are you guys into that at all? Have you guys? Have you? Have you? Have you gone overlanding? Have you been overlanding? Is that like classified as camping, camping off road? Camping off road. Yeah. <laughs> That's most of my trips. I think it's more like. I think it's more like. Like wheeling glamping is the way I, I, yeah. I interpret it. You know, it's like I, fancy camping. I didn't have all the fancy gear. You know, just well, like a floor tent, none of that rooftop stuff. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> or like long, or like maybe like more long distance, long range. I heard an interesting term the other day. Uh, it was actually applied to Subaru cross tracks. So I don't know if it applies here, but it was soft roading. Soft roading. <laughs> I think that's kind of the vibe. Yeah, like the dirt fire roads. They just want yeah. to smash down that. Are you guys into that at all, or? Or curious about it? I like, uh, not really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, oh, I'm always bare bones, like bring just what you need, like More tools. More beers and, than gear. Yeah, a lot of beer. <laughs> yeah. um, and then tools and spare parts. Like I always carried tools and spare parts. And luckily I rarely had to use them on myself. But, you know, between your whole crew, it's like everyone's got something that can fix something. Uh, in high school, I mean, after school, we'd go bomb the railroad tracks or something. Um, but it's always stupid stuff out there too, man. Like I get water in my distributor cause I think I can go through this big mud hole that doesn't end up working out. Uh, I, I got a clogged injector out there one time too. And then I was going home on three cylinders. So I don't know. seems like the easier stuff hates my truck and the hard stuff. It's all good. It's Eats all good. it up. Yeah. yeah. So, so go to go to Moon Rocks then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Just avoid the people there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's go on like a Wednesday or something. Yeah. Huh. 
Yeah. Um, so one question I got, you know, rough stuff is a uh, quite the solid axle based kind of company, but IFS has been coming up pretty hot. What do you guys think about the more performance long travel IFS or like stuff? Big Mike's working at over at Marlin with the, you know, super tough long travel, uh, high clearance stuff. What do you guys think about that? I mean, is that something you guys would maybe in the future, more modern vehicle ever consider doing something like that? I definitely like the thought of going fast. Um, yeah, there's actually a Tacoma around here that I don't know what long travel kit it has on there, but it's it's really cool looking. Um, I thought it was straight axle the first time I saw it, and then I didn't see a tube going all the way across. I'm like, what's going on under there? It's <laughs> cool little IFS setup. Um, there's also a 4Runner I've seen. It's got like a spider tracks rear axle in it and kings in all four corners. Hmm. Um so yeah, it's definitely cool, but it sounds expensive. So yeah, it's pretty expensive, man. Yeah, buy a couple Dan sixties for one front kit. It's yeah. also like more the same bad stuff that happens wheeling happens going fast, but in a lot more extreme case. Yeah. right. Because you're going fast. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. a little, yeah. more, more unpredictable at higher speeds because yeah. like, yeah. you don't know where it's gonna stop. <laughs> yeah, if you hit like a four foot boulder going a mile an hour versus 50 <laughs> that's true yeah, all, all your problems are more dramatic at yeah. speed yeah. or like hit a pothole like a giant hole every time i talk to like ryan piggott when i see him he's like oh yeah, yeah i just crashed it i'm like oh cool <laughs> yeah rip the i-beam off and right on yeah yeah dude that guy's getting good at building beams though yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, I've never run a, an IFS rig before. So, but I mean, you see them winning King of the Hammers races. So it's like there's something to them. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it might be the future of definitely, you know, well, it definitely is the future of off road racing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what about your uh, your current daily driver truck? Would you ever do a long travel kind of action on that? Uh, yeah, I was thinking about it. Um, I mean, this is Toyota talk, but I'm driving a Nissan Frontier <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you can do the Titan swap and, you know, get it five inches wider and run Titan suspension and axles under it. So yeah. it's like I was kind of thinking that just for a little mild build and, you know, grocery getter. <laughs> Some fun. Yeah. I feel like for like the right the right setup you can kind of do anything like even with the razor for instance that's a arm it wheels yeah. really well it's like a, there's good ratios going on there it's a short wheelbase you're not getting high centered on stuff um we let the a arms are high clearance we're not hit you know we're not doing like crazy articulation on that we're just kind of going through the trail we're wheeling we're not, not doing these crazy obstacles but but just it's kind of smashing through things when you can't you know articulate around it it's getting us you know where we need to be mm-hmm yeah definitely i can't can't knock ifs like yeah. <laughs> like I, I enjoyed using the racer like <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it's like a golf cart yeah. yeah never had a bad time in a golf cart <laughs> <laughs> oh no i have one question okay one tons of toyota axles if you could pick any toyota axle even like the ryan harris dream toyota axle <laughs> that you've talked about in the past would you do toyota axles or would you do one tons I've stepped away from the Toyota axles. Um, but I mean, it really depends on the bill. Like if you're a four cylinder, like I really don't see a point in tons. Like you're just adding that much more weight. Yeah. You can keep the smaller tires and still have good ground clearance. Um, I feel like, you know, if you're putting one tons under a four cylinder truck to run those bigger tires and not have problems, you're still going to have that, you know, low hanging diff. That's going to mm-hmm. be the part that snags and, you know, Toyota's on 35s, like you still got tons of diff clearance. It's a rounded diff. You can kind of just slide it over no stuff. No huge lip on the bottom. Yeah. But if you're running like a V6 or a V8, then it's like skip the Toyota stuff and just jump to one tons and not have to worry about it. Yeah. What about you, Caleb? I don't know. I know it's, it's been on your mind. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've been back and forth on one ton swapping my Toyota for a while now. Um, I don't know. It, it's really tough. The the tons are ten fives. Those are starting to come around. So, mm. um, those are exp- the thirds are expensive. Are they have they gotten a lot cheaper? Uh, I priced it out and it was going to be like seven hundred bucks per third. Yeah, and that's, that's not right. even with the gear ratio you want. Yeah, essentially you're just getting a drop out at that price and yeah. replacing everything. Yeah, we. Damn. I think we got luck. Like rough stuff got lucky and we picked up some like on like Craigslist or wherever. Someone like blew it up and was just selling it for like scrap price you know it was like 50 bucks or 100 100 bucks and we didn't need the gears we just needed needed the whole pattern oh yeah yeah, to make the housing yeah yeah um but then you have the weird lug pattern with those things it's like a five on you're probably doing custom shafts anyway yeah so i mean 
Yeah, I guess if you had to pick a Toyota axle in its factory form or a one-ton axle in its factory form, I'm probably going one-ton. But if you can piece things together, Toyota axles are... I'm a big fan of the removable third member. So, and I know for the desert guys, it's a really big deal. They can bring one third member and swap it out and not have to worry about trying to re-gear the axle right there in the desert. Um, So, I don't know. I like the removable third member, but man, there's just too many pieces of this and that to to get it where you want. So, one tons for me. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Ford 9 rear. Yeah. So I'd go back with that again if it was if I were to build another one. And spending that much money on a 44, I, after I did it all, I was like, that was stupid. I got a Danny 60 for like almost the same price. You know, yeah. you're just doing a bare housing and now you're putting all this expensive stuff in it. So that would have been a better deal. Obviously, there's like less ground clearance, but I feel like you just learn how to drive better. You know, you like don't. You learn hit, where the diff is and you don't just hit your diff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. All right. So we got a. We got a game that our uh, technical producer, Joel, put together. Uh, that's why I'm going to start calling you from now on, Joel, when we do this. And it is, uh, what's that Toyota? Uh, what do we got here? We got some pictures oh. of Toyotas, just a small snapshot. We're going to guess the year and Ooh. the model. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. The first well, one was easy, too. Uh, yeah. The first one was uh, looked like a second-gen um, two-door Forerunner, which was incredibly rare. This looks like or it's a... a surf. The all the out of country yeah, model, but that one, yeah, that's a first gen. So this is a first seventy nine yeah. eighty three pickup. I, I think we got two different pictures uh, here. We got the rear on one side and, and the grip. front on the other. It's an eighty three. It's got the square headlight on the front. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, oh, I do know what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they had the brown headlights so yeah. before eighty three. Eighty <laughs> three. Oh yeah, there we go. That's oh, SR five. Yeah, with the stripes on it. Wow, Ryan, that's a runner, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. a, a second gen forerunner. Must be the 30. Yeah, I was gonna say like 89 or 90. Uh, because yeah, it's got the reverse lights in the tailgate. Um, I think I'm gonna go with a 92. I'm gonna say, all right, I'm going 90. Oh, Oh, two for two, (laughs) Ryan Harris. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh man, it's just a round. This looks like an FJ80 or FJ40 headlight. It's definitely FJ. It's got the yeah, it's got the round bezel. I see the bezel. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be a my my 83 Toyota though had round headlights. It did, but didn't have that bezel. Yeah, wouldn't have that white bezel around it. I don't think. Oh no, yeah, that's probably that's got to be like a hit us with something weird like a 55 or something, aren't you? I'm gonna say. Ryan's gonna, well, it's tough, man. The, the 40 was around for a long time. I'm just going to say like a 70, 40. 71. Ooh, Ryan Harris. <laughs> yeah, he's good. Wow. Oh, that's a newer that's one. Like, oh, dude, that's like Tacoma, Tacoma or Forerunner. Or, or that's like my Toyota Corolla steering wheel. Is that a RAV4? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's my 2005 Toyota Corolla. <laughs> Just got this one from the parking lot. Oh, 21 oh. Land Cruiser. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Land Cruiser. oh, that's a new one, huh? I have that's not. Cool. Yeah, I have not seen those ones yet. Yeah, I haven't at all. Dude, yeah. they only start at like eighty-five thousand dollars. Get in one. <laughs> only. Yeah. Affirm. Okay, this one's. Tough. Oh, this uh, is, we got the two headlights. Here, so this is gonna be like a Hilux of. Oh, that's gonna be uh, maybe an FJ60. Are those the headlights on the the roof, like the the roll bar? uh looks like there's two of them right there huh yeah there's yeah. two but there there's some toyota models that have uh double headlights but no the the 60 was square headlights so it's not a 60 i'm, I'm just gonna guess and say 80, 85 from back to the future you know <laughs> go. The roof, uh, oh the, the the roll bar with the, the roll bar the, with the, the, yeah. the dual like round lights. 79 pickup i don't know i'm yeah i'm kind of leaning that way too i'm gonna go with a we'll go with a 78 Oh, 64 stout. I was wondering. Those things are super rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are. I saw one of these at SEMA one time, man. It was a cool, cool vehicle. Yeah, I don't think... I've only seen pictures of them. I don't think I've ever seen one up close. They're sweet. There was one on Craigslist for sale for a while, but it was rusty and too much money. (laughs) Was the one a couple months ago? Uh, I saw one a couple months ago for like four grand. Oh, no, this one was gray. Primer gray. This one was like the nice baby blue color, but... It was a little, little rough, so. 
that was a handful. Definitely not going to go up against Ryan <laughs> yeah. on any uh, <laughs> Toyota. Toyota. Yeah, I've got a couple of them, right? <laughs> yeah. So if you uh, need to buy parts of rough stuff and you need them to be Toyota specific and need uh, somebody to guess the model of what you're working on <laughs> over the phone, call after Ryan. Yeah. Send pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I got this pile of stuff for my buddy. <laughs> it's like a, a yeah. door panel. <laughs> I think that's about it. Cool. Well, um, appreciate you guys being on here. And uh, and for everyone listening, appreciate you guys listening. Um, make sure, uh, you know, if you if you like, or I guess even if you don't like, leave us a review on uh, Apple. Appreciate the, the, the likes, though, or the stars. And, uh, and we'll be sure to share, share it on the next podcast. So if you, uh, if you write something, we'll, uh, we'll definitely read it out loud. So appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you, guys.